All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Babyface Podcast. Now, as always, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Stanley051192, and you can also follow me on Instagram at StanleyPierre0511. And if you guys also want to uh, support the show and donate money, it's optional, never mandatory on my anchor website where you can listen to this podcast. Uh, There's a support button that you can click on and, you know, you can uh, donate however much you want and just donate to the show. And it's there if you guys decide to donate. So, uh, unfortunately, Monday Night Raw was on tonight, and this show was absolutely bad, like, on so many levels. Like, I was bored and angry throughout the show at just what I was seeing, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other people that felt the same way. And this show was just an abomination, folks. Uh, Only one good thing happened on the show tonight. Everything else was just trash and and just filth. Like, you know, this was, in my opinion, this was the worst Raw of 2020 by far. There, There have been some pretty bad Monday Night Raws this year, but this one definitely takes the cake. Like, this show was just horrendously bad and you know i'm gonna try to do a short review for you guys because you know like that's how like upset i was just just watching the show and you know i also uh do want to get some sleep as well and so you know um i'm gonna try to make it a short podcast for you guys uh because you know nothing happened on the show tonight like just a few small uh, tidbits uh, as far as storyline progression, but other than that, everything else on this show was just horrendously bad. So the show started with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Uh, they brawled with Oscar in the ring until they were separated by officials. Samoa Joe, who was the moderator for this double contract signing comically tried to move on and quickly started the contract signing but Sasha and Bailey once again brawled with Os- with Asuka and they were broken up again and so uh oh a little side note so you know WWE uh finally allowed the NXT prospects in the crowd to wear face masks uh because of COVID-19 and you know like it it just like it's too little too late you know like there's plenty of reports going around of a handful of roster members and, and 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 just wwe employees who have tested positive for covid19 and you know like just seeing everybody in the crowd wearing masks now it's cool but at the same time it's too little too late because that along with wwe's negligent testing for the coronavirus is the reason why you know there have been so many reports of all these people just testing positive at the center and you know so yeah like um 
the NXT prospects in the crowd, they were, they were wearing face masks. Uh, it's about time, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's too little too late because uh, a lot of people in the Performance Center right now working these uh, empt- uh, these, these tape shows uh, have the virus or came into contact with somebody who was COVID positive. So, you know, hilarious stuff right here by, by WWE. So then Dolph Ziggler interrupted. And so Ziggler then introduced Drew McIntyre, who he said would only be WWE champion for another three weeks. Uh, says nobody but Dolph Ziggler. So Drew came out. Everybody sat down, including Asuka and Sasha. Bailey remained standing behind Sasha. So Ziggler said Drew left for years while he remained in WWE carrying monsters like him. I don't know who scripted Dolph Ziggler to say that, but that's not true because, you know, if my memory serves me correct, uh, before Drew McIntyre came back to WWE, Dolph Ziggler was putting over a whole bunch of NXT call-ups. Like, he was the guy that would that would purposely just go out there, make an NXT star look good, and just lose a match. So, I don't know, like, who scripted Dolph Ziggler to say that, but it's not true. So, uh, then... Uh, Let's see. Uh, so Ziggler then said Drew's redemption story will be over at the pay-per-view. He then said he created Drew and he will destroy him at Extreme Rules Horror Show. So Ziggler and Drew then signed the contract. Drew then said he went through hell after he got fired and he then said him and Ziggler used to be like family and he knows why Ziggler wants the title because every time he got close to the top he always dropped the ball Drew then said he's gonna slaughter Dolph at Extreme Rules Uh, both men uh, let's see both men uh, no no, wait actually uh Drew then uh, told Dolph Ziggler that he's giving Ziggler the opportunity to pick uh, the stipulation for their title match at Extreme Rules. And so after that, uh, Ziggler started talking, but Asuka interrupted and started yelling in Japanese. She then signed the contract for her Raw Women's title match against Sasha at Extreme Rules. Sasha Sasha then said she wasn't the same person that Asuka faced before. Sasha then said she would be two belt banks and would take over the company with Bailey. And Sasha then signed her contract. Like... The, like these nicknames like uh, Becky two belts Bailey two belts like any nickname with two belts in it like it's gotten so repetitive and just 
it's gotten downright cringe now like it was okay a year ago when becky started doing it but when you started using that same nickname for everybody else on the roster that has two championships like it, it it's now becoming cringe and just like ridiculous to hear so then uh, we then had Bailey saying that it would be a horror show for Asuka and laughed at her own joke. Asuka then attacked Bailey and Sasha and they started brawling. Samoa Joe left the ring. Ziggler tried to super kick Drew, but Drew blocked it and he then went for a Claymore kick, but Ziggler bailed and left the ring. And that was that. So two things. Uh, number one, still, I, I still don't get why, you know, Sasha is in the mix with Asuka because Sasha is on SmackDown and she's one half of the women's tag team champions with Bailey. So there's really no reason for her to get a women's title match against Asuka at the pay-per-view. And it's sad that the reason why is because there's not enough women uh, working these uh, taped empty, uh, well, not empty, but, you know, these taped uh, coronavirus-filled uh, performance center shows. Like, it, it just does not make any sense for, uh, uh, for Sasha to be in this situation. And number two, with Dolph and Drew, uh, apparently now Dolph gets to pick a stipulation for the title match between him and Drew at Extreme Rules. So that tells me that WWE uh, heard the complaints and WWE knows that people are not giving Dolph Ziggler a chance. Like they know that people are counting out Dolph Ziggler. And so they decided to uh, give him the task of naming a stipulation for the match to make you believe that Ziggler has the advantage and, you know, now he has a small chance at winning the WWE Championship. But he's ultimately he's ultimately going to lose. Like, so it, it's pointless for Dolph Ziggler to name the stipulation for the match when you're just using it as a way to make people think that he's got a chance at beating Drew and still, you know, the match itself doesn't even make any sense. Like Dolph Ziggler, like still hasn't done anything to deserve a WWE title shot. And, you know, he hasn't beaten anybody significant in the last few months to get himself a title shot. So, why is he in this position so just this opening segment was just horrible uh Samoa Joe was the only good thing of this opening segment and he's not even in the ring competing and so you know like automatically Monday Night Raw just starts off just on a terrible just just bad foot so then we had Angel Garza and he's talking to Jessica Carr who is refing his match later in the show he offered her a rose but she declined so 
Charlie Caruso then appeared and asked him what that was about. Zelina then interrupted. She says uh, she wants Charlie to ask him a different question. Charlie then asked if they thought they would be next in line for a tag team title shot against the Viking Raiders. Andrade then said yes, and the Big Show then walked up. He referred to Vega as Smurfette. Uh, he then referred to Andrade and Garza as Ferrari and Maserati. I don't know who thinks this is funny, but like, this is just this is just cringe like garbage. So poor scripting uh, here for the Big Show. So uh, we then had Big Show. He then said he was pulling rank and his segment would be up next instead of their match. Zelina then got mad and said she wants to punch the Jolly Green Giant in his face. So we then had, uh, oh, we then had an announcement that Oscar uh, and Drew McIntyre will be facing uh, Sasha Banks and Dolph Ziggler later on in the show. And so, you know, the ghost of Teddy Long, ladies and gentlemen, uh, made uh, a guest appearance on the show uh, during the commercial break. And so, like, this is just lazy booking by WWE, you know, like, I don't know. So we then uh, had, um, hold on here, let me just go to my notes here. So then we had uh, Big Show, he got in the ring, so he called out Randy Orton, but got interrupted by Andrade, Angel Garza, and Zelina Vega. Big Show then apologized to Vega, but warned them not to try not to try him. Andrade then laughed at the idea of Show being a legend. They then, uh, they they bickered for a while until Big Show challenged them to a fight. Vega said Big Show can say hi to Edge and Christian at the retirement home when they're done with him. So Ric Flair then interrupted before they can fight. He said he respected Vega and her heel faction. And so Flair then said Orton would take out Show whenever he felt like it. Uh, Flair thought it was nice that show was getting his time in Hollywood and said show uh, would be in the Hall of Fame one day. Flair then said if show wasn't careful, wasn't careful, Randy would become an even bigger legend killer at his expense. Flair then told Andrade and Garza to go ahead and have their fun with Big Show. So then, uh, before the heels got to attack Big Show, the Viking Raiders came out and they brawled with Garza and uh, Andrade, which led to a commercial break. And so... Like, the, the funny thing was, Ric Flair was actually standing on stage. He wasn't in the ring 
with Big Show. He wasn't around anybody in this segment because, you know, um, you know, Ric Flair, he's in his older days now. And I assume he has a very weak immune system based off some of the health problems he's had over the years. And so, you know, um, WWE is fearful that Ric Flair is going to get the virus. And so they just had him uh, stay there and just stand on stage and talk. And I'm just like, why don't you just like keep the guy at home if you're scared that he's going to get COVID-19? So then uh, we then had a tag team match. Uh, the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar versus Andrade and Angel Garza with Zelina Vega in their corner at ringside. Um, so uh, there was an, a moment early in the match where Andrade wanted a tag, but Garza ignored him. Andrade tagged himself in and knocked down Eric with a kick. He yelled at Garza and shoved him for not tagging him. He complained to Zelina and threatened to leave. Uh, Zelina, who was on commentary with Samoa Joe, uh, Byron Saxon, and Tom Phillips, got up and left the commentary table to try and reason with Andrade. So we come back from commercial break and Andrade came back and Zelina went back on commentary and explained to the announcers that she was the best manager in the business and said she was what MVP hoped to be. She also claimed that there were no issues between Garza and Vega. So then everybody traded moves near the end of the match. Andrade distracted the referee Jessica Carr long enough for Garza to shove Eric into the ring post and so back in the ring, uh, Andrade then took Eric and he hit him with a back elbow and Garza finished him off with a wing clipper for the pink, the, the pinfall victory. And so then Zelina then bragged to the commentators as Andrade left on his own. Uh, Garza stayed in the ring and celebrated with Vega. So. Uh, this was, you know, this was, this was okay for what it was. Nothing really special, uh, very formulaic and just a very generic Monday night raw tag team match. I'm I'm wondering why, uh, uh, Angel Garza and, um, Andrade are now bickering and arguing with them because number one, um, these guys are most likely going to feud with the Street Profits for the tag team titles. Uh, number two, there's no other heel tag team on Monday Night Raw to challenge the Street Profits for the tag team titles. And number three, like it, 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 it just doesn't really make any sense. You know, like you're building up these guys to go up against the Street Profits for the tag team titles. And so these guys should not be bickering and arguing. They need to be on the same page. And I don't understand why WWE is now going back to having these two guys argue. 
And I don't know, like, it, it, it's just pointless for them to be just, like, bakering and, and fussing because, you know, at Extreme Rules, I assume these guys are going to get a tag team title shot against the Street Profits. Now, what they could do is, you know, they could just have uh, these guys just keep bickering and arguing, and then they'll get their tag team title match against the Profits at Extreme Rules, and then, you know, um, they can bicker and argue some more in that match and that'll cost them and then the Street Profits win you know I can see WWE going in that direction but if they're not then you know this this is just pointless like these guys should not be arguing like they got to be on the same page because you know they're presumably going to be feuding with the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team titles so we then get uh, one of the worst things on Monday Night Raw, the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, uh, they approached Ruby Riot. Uh, I believe Ruby was was getting ready. Oh no, wait, yeah, yeah. She Ruby was just standing there, just minding her own business. So the Iconics went up to her. Uh, they called her a freak and a weirdo. Uh, they noticed she tried calling someone on the phone and figured it was Liv Morgan, who was a loser just like her. Ruby then reminded them that they both lost their tag team title shot to Bailey and Sasha. The Iconics then said they at least have each other. Ruby then challenged one of them to a match, and they would need to be carried out of the ring when she's done with them. She mocked their iconic pose, and then she left. So we then had uh, Angel Garza and Andrade backstage. Ric Flair approached them and congratulated them on their win against the Vikings. They were happy, and then Flair then had a proposition for Vega, and then they all left together. And so that was the end of that. And so, yeah, um, you know, good stuff here uh, by uh, Ric Flair, you know, stirring the pot uh, and, and, you know, working with uh, Zelina, Garza and Andrade. Um, it's too bad that, you know, it's not really going to lead to anything. And uh, still, I... I still don't understand why uh rick flair was used on the show tonight you know it's understandable that he was used for um you know uh this story between him and garza and zelina and you know andrade but you know like i said before uh there's no reason for rick flair to be on the show tonight when you have a young talented roster that are like chomping at the bit for an opportunity so we then go to uh, uh let's see we then go to uh a 24 7 title match that went one minute between akira tozawa defending against our truth so truth faked an injury to trick Tozawa and rolled him up to quickly win the match and so uh, they announced on commentary that Truth is now a 37 time 24-7 champion and you know 
at this point, you might as well retire the championship and keep it on truth. Um, I don't know. Like, the 24-7 title is just, just meaningless, pathetic, useless, and just irrelevant. But, you know, our um, truth you know, he, he, he's, you know, doing some wonders with the title, uh, no matter if you think it's funny or not. Um, you know, our truth is great. But, you know, the 24-7 title, it's still meaningless. Um, R-Truth, like, he does good things with the title. And, you know, he, he makes it uh, an entertaining title based off the things that he does with it. But, you know, like, the title still sucks. So, uh, one of the ninjas after the match then tried pinning Truth. But he kicked out and ran away before the rest of them could attack. And so, like, it, it was funny, too, because, like, Truth grabs the 24-7 title. He's about to leave the ring. And so, he gets out of the ring. One of Tozawa's ninjas is, like, standing right there, like, right next to him. And I'm just like, bro, you can easily catch him, like, right there. He's, like, right in front of you. Like, I don't know. Like, why do you have to, like... Like, why do you have to stall and let truth run away from you? Like, that makes no sense. So, we then had Bobby Lashley and MVP. They were in the back. Lashley told MVP that Apollo Crews uh, disrespected the both of them. MVP then assured him that the offer to Cruz was officially dead. MVP then said tonight he would drop a few gems on Cruz. So as they walked away, they walked past Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. And so Rollins has Rey Mysterio's, uh, Rey Mysterio's mask. He then tells Murphy that uh, tonight he's going to deliver his most important message to date. And he's going to go deliver it uh, right now. So Austin Theory was not there, uh, which makes me think that, you know, he probably is COVID positive or he probably came into contact with somebody that had COVID-19. And so, you know, uh, hopefully Austin Theory is doing good. You know, uh, he's a young kid. I think he's like 22, 23 years old. Um, he's got a lot of upside and he's got a, a bright future. And so, you know, hopefully he's not corona positive or he didn't come back uh or he didn't come into contact with somebody who tested positive and so i don't know um hopefully uh he'll be back on the show next week so we then get uh a promo by seth rollins and so Rollins and Murphy came to the ring and so he cuts a promo talked about Rey Mysterio and made a joke about him not being able to see clearly because of his eye injury I actually chuckled a little bit at this line at that line by Rollins so mm, Rollins then asked for Rey's forgiveness uh, not because of what he's done in the past, but because of what he will do in the future. 
Rollins then said they were bounded by fate and Ray was meant to be a sacrifice for the greater good. Rollins then said Mysterio would return to the ring. Uh, Roll oh, Mysterio will return to the ring. Uh, and every time he does, Rollins will tear him down piece by piece. Ray and Dominic then appeared on the screen. Uh, Ray asked Dominic to forgive him for what he's going to do to Seth. He understood why his son tried to fight his battles, but now it was time for him to go after Rollins. Mysterio then warned Rollins in eye for an eye. Uh, he also said uh, some stuff in Spanish. I couldn't really understand. I couldn't really understand. So Ray son Dominic uh, forgave Ray, but would not uh, would never forgive Rollins. Dominic then said Rollins will never forget what Ray does to him. So Rollins then warned them to be careful what you wish for and threatened to end Dominic's career before it starts. Aleister Black and Humberto Carrillo then came out and ran into the ring and Rollins and Murphy then retreated. So after the commercial break, uh, we see Rollins with the mic. He asked Black and Carrillo why they keep fighting Ray's battles for him. Humberto Carrillo, who sounded horrible on the mic uh he he was partially talking in spanish mixed with some english so uh carrillo called rollins a coward black then said he recognized he recognizes evil when he sees it and says rollins would atone for what he's done rollins then said this will end now. So we then get a tag team match between Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy versus Aleister Black and Humberto Carrillo. So Black was all over both the heels until Murphy distracted the referee long enough for Rollins to attack from behind. Black then used a back elbow and tagged in Creo, who stomped away on Murphy and hit an Inziguri. So Creo then followed with a springboard crossbody and missile dropkick. He tried going for Rey Mysterio 619, but Rollins pulled Murphy away. Creo then kicked Rollins off the apron and took out both guys with a dive to the outside. Uh... Despite all that, Murphy and Rollins were in control after a commercial break. So, moments later in the match, Murphy and Rollins used a combo powerbomb slash flying knee strike combination, which looked awesome, by the way. But Carrillo kicked out. Uh, Black yanked Murphy from the ring and Carrillo rolled up Rollins but Rollins kicked out and hit a curb stomp for the pinfall win and so Rollins and Murphy then attacked them after the match Carrillo tried fighting back but Murphy knocked him down and uh, he knocked him down by hitting him in the face with the steel steps Rollins put Mysterio's mask 
on Creo and tried taking out his eye, but Black made the save. So then as Murphy and Black continued to brawl, Rollins gave Creo a curb stomp on the steel steps. So that was the end of that. So, um, you know, the promo by Ray and Seth and Dominic was great. I really enjoy this feud. I love what these guys are doing. Um, the tag team match was okay, and it was it was it was good uh, for what it was. But at the same time, like like we've been seeing variations of this tag team match for months now on Monday Night Raw to the point where it's gotten repetitive. You know, uh, almost every week. You know, we see either Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy versus Humberto and Aleister Black or Seth Rollins uh, and Austin Theory versus Humberto and Aleister Black. Or, you know, uh, in this case tonight, Rollins and Murphy versus Black and Carrillo. And so, you know, it's gotten a little repetitive to the point where, you know, I don't really get excited seeing it that much anymore. And at this point, I don't think anybody else is excited to see it. Uh, I think all of us just want to see Ray back on TV going at it with Rollins. (coughs) And, you know, they can continue their feud because, you know, um, everybody's looking forward to seeing what these guys are going to do. And, you know, with Black and Carrillo in the mix, like, they can easily do something else as far as a storyline. And, you know, they don't really have to be in this feud. Uh, they don't have to be involved in this feud between Ray and Dominic, but, uh, and, and, and Seth Rollins and his disciples. But, you know, WWE, um, they, they want Ray to have backup by his side with uh, Black and Carrillo. Uh, defending him against Rollins and his goons and you know it's cool but at the same time you know like we've seen Black and Carrillo versus Rollins and his, his his disciples for the longest time now and you know like it, it, it's getting a little boring the match was fine as I said before and and don't get me wrong like all four of these guys were great in the ring but at the same time like I'm just getting tired of seeing this this variation tag team match almost every week on Raw, and so it, it like either a tag team match or one or a one on one match where it's either Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black, Seth Rollins versus Humberto Carrillo, uh, Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy, Al, uh, Humberto Carrillo versus Austin Theory, like. I don't know the the variations of you know uh, this matchup here like it, it's just it, it's just stale and repetitive. So hold on, let me take a sip of my water real quick. So we then get Oscar and Drew McIntyre. They're in the back being interviewed. So Asuka was yelling in Japanese. Drew then said they were going they were going to have fun tonight. He wanted Ziggler to pick 
the stipulation for their title match at Extreme Rules, so he would have no excuses, and Ziggler would have nobody to blame but himself after he loses. Drew then said Sasha isn't ready for Asuka, and Asuka said Dolph wasn't ready for Drew, and that was it. So... We then see an Undertaker tribute video, and then we get Ruby Riot warming up backstage, and Lana comes up to her. Ruby looked annoyed seeing Lana. Lana started talking, but Ruby interrupted because she wasn't interested in what she was trying to say. Ruby then suggested that Lana go ruin somebody else's career. Lana then said she just wanted to help and she was upset last week, but there was a woman who reminded her of how good she was. This woman had more wins uh, than Trish Stratus, Lita, Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka. She was a woman they can believe in, and that woman was Natalia. Lana smiled and left. I like <laughs> again like WWE scripting here like I don't know who scripted Lana to say that like you know Natty has more wins than Charlotte Becky and Sasha and everybody else ridiculous stuff here so we then get uh, the commentators uh, talking about what happened last week with Nia Jax attacking Charlotte so, uh, they announced that Charlotte has a collarbone injury and she's going to be out for a while. And, um, if you believe that something's wrong with you, because Charlotte does not have a, a collarbone injury, uh, in real life, Charlotte is getting elective surgery, uh, which means that, you know, she's probably getting plastic surgery. Uh, and she wants to look good for the reality show that she's going to be filming soon. And so, you know, WWE wants you to think that it's a collarbone, but no, like it's just uh, elective surgery, uh, which, you know, in my opinion, probably means plastic surgery. So then we get Ruby Riot and uh, Peyton Royce with Billy Kay. Uh, this was a very short three minute match. I barely watched this. Uh, but I still somewhat paid attention because I, I am a fan of Ruby Riot, and I think she's very, very underrated. So, soon as the match starts, Ruby was distracted by Billy on the outside for no reason, so Royce kicked her and took control. Ruby came back with strikes and an STO for a near fall. Ruby was then distracted again by Billy outside the ring. So Royce then used a roll-up for a near fall. Ruby then tried a schoolgirl school for a two count. Uh, Peyton then hit an enziguri and a spinning brain buster for the win. And, you know, like, Ruby Riot deserves so much better. Like, this woman is one of the best in-ring talents on WWE's main roster. And ever since she's come back from her injury, she's been losing and losing and losing and losing and losing. And it sucks. Like, she deserves so much better. And, 
like <laughs> she really should have won this match against um, Peyton Royce. Like there was no reason for her to lose. So we then get Big Show. He was interviewed by Charlie Caruso. He said that he knew that uh, his match tonight against Garza and Andrade could be a trap. He then says Flair was a hero to him as a kid, but he also knew he was the dirtiest player in the game. Now, Flair is managing Randy Orton, which made him the most dangerous apex predator the WWE has ever seen. Uh, Big Show then welcomed the challenge and told Randy to try him. He also issued a warning to Garza and Andrade who weren't getting the friendly giant. And so after that, we get the two-on-one handicap match. Uh, it went five minutes. The Big Show defeated Angel Garza and Andrade with Zelina. And so Andrade and Garza couldn't agree on who should start the match. They agree to enter at the same time, but Andrade tricked Garza, who had to enter alone. Big Show chopped away at Garza, who eventually managed to tag out. Big Show then beat up Andrade until he tagged Garza back in. So Garza dropkick Big Show's leg, and he fell face first into the turnbuckle. Garza then stomped away at Big Show's leg. Andrade then tags himself in, which led to another argument between him and uh, Andrade, uh, him and Garza, I should say. Uh, Garza then left the ring, and Vega tried pleading with him, but Andrade, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Garza ignored her and just walked away and just hightailed it. So... Andrade then turned around and Big Show hit him with a choke slam for the pinfall win. And then he picked him up and he knocked him out with the KO punch. So, yeah, you know, um, looks like uh, WWE is making Big Show look strong for a potential feud with Randy Orton. Uh, I said it on my Raw review last week. Uh, I don't know who exactly uh, wants to see this. Like, the Big Show and Randy Orton feuding, like, nobody wants to see it. Like, it's not going to be good. But, you know, uh, it looks like WWE is just going in that direction until Edge comes back and continues his feud with Randy. And, you know, I think WWE is also going to bring Christian back, and they're also going to use him in this little mini feud between the Big Show and Randy Orton. But all in all like generally speaking who cares like you know i think everybody wants to see edge come back to finish his feud with randy orton and get his long-awaited win back so we then have ricochet cedric alexander and apollo cruz backstage truth bumped into them with his 24 7 title and they told him that he looked shook uh, Truth then referred to Cedric and Ricochet as... Oh, no, he then... He referred to uh, Cedric as Cedric the Cedric the Entertainer. 
uh, I chuckled at that. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, our truth he called Cedric Alexander, Cedric the Entertainer. And he referred to Ricochet as Richard O'Shea. Uh, I wasn't laughing at that. I didn't find that funny. Uh, so, Apollo and Cedric were very amused by Ricochet's new name, and Cruz suggested he go with it. Cruz then told Truth that they didn't know what it was like being a fighting champion. Truth said all of them had no idea. Uh, no, he then said uh, they uh, had no idea. And so after that, we get MVP versus Apollo Cruz, the U.S. champion. This was a six minute non-title match. MVP cut a promo before the match. And so, uh, Cruz then interrupts MVP's promo. Uh, Cruz said MVP should have listened to him the first time. And he then said MVP was only trying to help himself. MVP then said he'd wish he wished he had him as a manager instead of an enemy. So we then had Cruz. He used a flip dive early into the match, but he only hit Lashley. So MVP launched into the steel steps, or launched him into the steel steps, which led to a break. Cruz then came back with a stinger splash in the corner and a spine buster for a two count. Lashley then distracted the referee, allowing MVP to hit a boot to the face and a fisherman suplex for the pinfall win. And <laughs> there you have it, folks. Uh, WWE booking, uh, you know, most likely MVP will get a U.S. title shot against Apollo Crews at Extreme Rules. And, you know, personally, I would like to see Lashley in this position because it's much better for Lashley to potentially take the U.S. title from Apollo Crews, but, you know, MVP, he's great, and, you know, I think he's phenomenal on the mic, but he does not deserve to be wrestling Apollo Crews uh, for the U.S. title if that's where WWE is going at Extreme Rules, which they most likely are based on the fact that, you know, in WWE, if you're a champion and you get pinned clean, um, the person that pinned you automatically gets a title shot. So Cruz then attacked MVP after the match, but Lashley put him in a full Nelson. Referees couldn't stop him, so Ricochet and Cedric Alexander ran down. Uh, they weren't strong enough to pull Lashley off, and Ricochet somehow fell down in his attempt. Uh, Cedric gave Lashley an enziguri, and Ricochet followed it up with a springboard dropkick to knock down Lashley and send him outside the outside the ring. So the ghost of Teddy Long then uh, booked Bobby Lashley versus Ricochet during the commercial break. Uh, Lashley was in full control and got some help from MVP while the referee was distracted. Lashley used a modified Dominator for a near fall. Uh, Lashley then tosses around Ricochet throughout the match. 
He also drove Ricochet into the ring post and Samoa Joe was amused at how easily Lashley was throwing around um, uh, what's the guy's name? Fucking uh, Ricochet. I'm sorry. It, I, it, it's been a long day, folks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I had to do a lot today and like based on just how bad this show was uh i'm just like tuned out so uh lashley then went for a spear but ricochet collapsed before he can do it lashley then went for a full nelson but ricochet slipped out of it uh lashley tried driving him into the post again but ricochet slipped out again and pushed him into it instead Ricochet then followed it, then followed with a lion salt for a two count. So, Ricochet was distracted by MVP, so Cedric took him down. Ricochet avoided an attack by Lashley, but Lashley caught a kick attempt and gave him a huge spine buster. Lashley then followed it up with a submission, uh, with a full Nelson for the submission win. Lashley after the match put Cedric in the full Nelson and Lashley La Bobby Lashley was apparently busted open from uh, his ear I don't know how he got busted open but he was so yeah so that was that so you know like they, they, they make Lashley look strong but yet MVP is the one who's probably getting a US title match against Apollo at extreme at extreme rules so I don't know what they're doing with Lashley but you know Lashley is much better suited facing Apollo for the US title better like over MVP who's most likely getting a title shot like this is just awful WWE booking folks so what else do we have here on this horrible show Dolph Ziggler uh, was in the back with Sasha Banks and Bailey. He offered to be a player slash coach in their tag match. Sasha laughed. I did too, deservedly so. Uh, she laughed at this idea, and she also laughed at the fact that he lost to Mandy Rose and Otis. Bailey then told Ziggler not to screw this up for Sasha Banks. So even Dolph Ziggler's own tag team partner, Sasha Banks thinks Dolph is a loser like <laughs> that should tell you a lot about Dolph Ziggler uh especially you know right now in his WWE his WWE career in 2020 um Dolph Ziggler has been so irrelevant over the last couple years and so you know this segment right here uh definitely proved it like his own tag team partner thinks he's a loser just like everybody else so we then get this mixed tag team match uh went 14 minutes sasha banks uh with bailey in her corner uh and dolph ziggler they went up against oscar and wwe champion drew mcintyre this was a champion versus challengers match drew the wwe champion oscar the raw women's champion so bailey joined the commentary team and so Ziggler used a Famouser early in the match, but Drew kicked out before a one count. Sasha then tags herself in, which brought Asuka into the match. After a brief exchange, Ziggler tried to interfere, but Drew chopped him 
Then Asuka took down Sasha with a back elbow. So, moments later in the match, Asuka used a code breaker on Sasha. And she then tagged in Drew, who hit Ziggler with a clothesline. Overhead suplex and another clothesline. Sasha then tags herself in and yells at Drew, who elbowed Ziggler out of the ring. Sasha wasn't paying attention, so Asuka used a roundhouse kick for a near fall. Ziggler then pushed Drew into the ring post. Uh, Bailey, oh no, not Bailey. Uh, Sasha and Asuka then traded moves until Sasha rolled through an Asuka lock into a pinfall for the win. And the three heel, the three heels, then celebrated as the show went off the air. So that was Monday Night Raw, folks. Um, you know, I knew that in this match, a champion was going to get pinned clean. So that way the heel can have some momentum going into the show next week. And, you know, most likely next week, uh, Asuka will get the better of Sasha Banks. Like, Asuka will either attack Sasha or Sasha will be in a match. And, you know, Sasha will probably win and Asuka will come out and attack Sasha uh, after the match. And so, you know, like horrible booking, you know, like still like I'm going to say this until like forever. Like if you're a champion, you should not be losing clean on free television. Like you got to look as strong as you possibly can on television. And the only time you should lose is on pay-per-view and, you know, when your title is on the line. But other than, other than that, there's no reason for you to be losing on free television. Like, it's pointless, and it makes your champion look weak. And so, uh, yeah, like, you know, the match, it, like, it was fine. Um, nothing really special happened. Um, I was so frustrated with how the show played out tonight. I barely watched this. Like, I watched a good part of it, but certain points I just tuned out because I didn't really care anymore. And I was just waiting for the show to be over at that point. So, yeah, so um, that was Monday Night Raw, folks. Um, terrible show. Just horrendously bad. Um, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic continue to be the best thing on Monday Night Raw with their feud. And everything else on this show was just terrible. And just filled with logic, just filled with logic gaps. And hold on a second, let me take another uh, swig of my uh, swig of my water here. So yeah, <clears throat> sorry my my throat was parched. So yeah, like this was without a doubt the worst Monday Night Raw of the year. Um, this show was just horrendously bad and just filled with logic gaps. I can't believe MVP actually defeated Apollo Crews tonight <laughs> because I thought for sure WWE was going with Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the U.S. title. But apparently they're going to go with MVP, who I don't even know how old he is, but I assume he's in his maybe like mid to late 40s if i were a guessing man but you know there's no reason for him to be 
defeating Apollo Crews tonight on the show. MVP is much better suited um, in his managerial role. And, you know, he's decent in the ring, but at the same time, he's much better uh, as a manager these days in his career. And so, you know, it's sad that he's most likely going to take the U.S. title from Apollo Crews at Extreme Rules. I really hope they don't go in that direction, but it looks like they are. And you, you just can't help but feel bad for Apollo Crews, somebody who's very, very talented, but is just held back by terrible booking decisions by WWE. And, you know, I don't know. Like, it, it's just terrible. Um... But yeah, Monday Night Raw sucked. Uh, this was the worst show of the year. I'm so glad this show was over. Um, again, um, I almost didn't do a review for you guys because I was just so tuned out and just so angry and frustrated at just how bad this show was tonight. Like, you know, I just wanted to just come on here and just do a quick review for you guys and just get it out of the way and you know um i'd like to think that all you guys listening uh felt just the way i felt if you were watching the show tonight just feelings of just anger and bitterness and just questioning the things that we saw and 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 just questioning the logic gaps like this show was awful monday night raw sucks um it's a hit and miss show most of the time, but uh, tonight was clearly a huge miss. And this show was just horrendously bad. And, you know, thankfully we have NXT and AEW on Wednesday. Some actual good, legit wrestling, even though, um, you know, NXT has these like up and down shows because. Um, Vince is like overseeing everything that's going on down there because, you know, um, he wants NXT to have like really good ratings to compete with AEW. And so, you know, um, (laughs) we'll have to wait and see, uh, what happens on AEW and NXT on Wednesday. I can't wait to see those shows just based off how just fucking horrendously bad this show was. And, uh, yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. Um, like, Vince and, and, and Bruce Pritchard and the rest of, of, of the Raw creative team, like, they're ruining that show. And, like, it's not really a good look as far as what they're doing, just promoting all these old-timers and Big Show, Randy and Christian. Instead, they should be building up their part-timers, like how Paul Heyman did when he was in charge of creative you know when Paul Heyman was in charge he was pushing guys like Cedric and Ricochet and Drew and all these guys but for whatever reason he got fired and now Vince is ruining that show by pushing all these old timers so uh yeah I don't know Raw sucks I hate I hate this show (laughs) and like I don't know I'm just so glad it's over but uh yeah um thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the babyface podcast uh if you guys again want to support and donate the show uh, and donate to the show on my anchor website where you can listen to this podcast you can click on the support button 
and you can donate however much money you want to the show uh it's optional never mandatory and uh yeah it's there if you guys want to donate and uh again if you guys want to follow me on social media uh you can follow me on twitter at stanley051192 and you can follow me on instagram at stanleypierre0511 so uh thank you guys for listening uh, i hope you guys have a safe night uh and i will definitely see you guys on wednesday 